Bacon was a personality type for a minute. That was a culture. <laughs> yeah. They started putting that shit in chocolate and people who like bait were like, oh, have you tried the that like, one? That's like a perfect one for a youth pastor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I like bacon and I like uh, zombies. <laughs> and then every Christmas people buy him like 1300 bacon items and he like talks yeah. about it at youth group. Socks with bacon, underwear with bacon. Well, hopefully youth groupers aren't buying their youth pastor underwear. This boysenberry <laughs> bacon marmalade from uh, from the Stevens family and I really, uh, really feel blessed by that. And do you <laughs> believe that Elma got me bacon soap? Bacon soap. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just bacon fat. Just solidified. <laughs> you can't eat it though; it has lie in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's literally just a suet block from, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> Home Depot exfoliating. <laughs> it's certainly exfoliating with all the fucking bird seed around it. <laughs> fucking scratch the first really layers. Really helps me cover up the meat shit. sweats. Christian, I'm Sam, I'm Casey, and we are joined on this intro today by our friend Walker Glenn, who was, oh, what episode were you on? 65. Uh, it was episode 65 that uh, you guys might recall him hanging out with us for. So Walker, what's up, man? Hey, good to be back, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I'm glad we get to... It's funny. I like having people back for intros because, you know, you... You do like an it's like an interview and kind of get to know somebody and you click and then um, it feels like after that just having people back on to just goof off and have talk about whatever comes up is it's just more relaxed it's a lot of fun. That's yeah that's a great approach because you know it's like I feel like your guests come on here and unearth so much of our our trauma and baggage. Yeah. <clears throat> like I think more people would probably go to therapy if afterwards the therapist was like we're going to talk about you know your childhood abuse for for 45 minutes but then we're going to have 15 minutes of like dunking on videos on youtube together (laughs) (laughs) just bond over watching somebody experience massive amounts of pain yeah yeah, we're going to watch fail videos for the end of the session (laughs) Because it is 2007. A compilation of skateboard grind fails. Constantly between the legs on a rail. I'm convinced that no one's ever successfully grinded a rail. I've only ever seen failures. I think that's it. If it ever did happen, I think that was uh, Stanley Kubrick faked that video of somebody (laughs) successfully grinding a rail. (laughs) Yeah, if you look at the labels on the spaghetti sauce cans in The Shining, that, that, there's some clues in there about that. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> I tried to watch. Did you watch that documentary? That I, I tried to. I Room Two Three Seven. Yeah, I just I think it's kind of like we talked about with with uh, movies and books and like people evaluating like the themes and stuff that are going on in the background I, I think I'm just too dumb yeah <laughs> like, my brain is just not trained to recognize that kind of stuff so I'm sitting there talking about the pattern on the rug in the in the uh, 
the the hallway of the you know twin scene or whatever and i'm like i i'm not following at all here (laughs) i feel like i'm often not like i want to be the kind of person that can analyze film and tv that i watched like that and then like i went and saw uh i went and saw nope have either of you guys seen nope yeah okay nope (laughs) and uh i was like it's i mean it's jordan peele and you you're like i feel like i'm supposed to read into this a little bit or that he's trying to make a point and i just like walked away thinking i don't i think i missed it like i got some of it like some of it was on the nose but i'm like waiting for then i'm like going online later i'm like i bet someone else is like really dove into like the deeper layers here and i felt kind of i didn't i didn't personally love it i feel like i'd like it more if i watched it again but i didn't personally love it um and which makes me think that i just didn't i didn't get something like i feel like i should have loved it uh and sam needs jordan peterson to break it down for him yeah exactly (laughs) it's about the hero's journey homosexuals yeah. You gotta it's slay about, the dragon well, and save the princess. <laughs> it's about slaying woke moralists. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather die than delete a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> incidentally, they're all gone now, so good for him. Did he get booted? Oh, did he? Maybe he didn't. I don't know. It's only I don't know if he time. did or not. Well, I yeah. guess they took down his his account after he like uh blasted elliot page for like unprovoked no reason he is such a tool he's just like turned into such a douchebag (laughs) yeah turned into (laughs) yeah i was gonna say since he's been you know banned from twitter us us young men have just been stumbling around I don't. I don't know if I'm supposed to make my bet or not. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't. How do I navigate life and relationship without yeah. Jordan Peterson's it's, fantastic? It's not advice. immediately clear. Did we talk about on the podcast, Casey, the Liberty University uh, thing where he when he spoke at Liberty? I don't know if we talked no, about. No. That. Have you ever seen this video? Walker, no, no, no. I sure you, haven't. You have to. You have to YouTube this after we're done. Um, Jordan Peterson spoke at uh, Liberty University convocation like three or four years ago. And this kid comes like running down to the stage. Like, I don't know if there was guards that he had to blow past to get up there, but runs up onto the stage, ends up like getting tackled. And he's like weeping and like about how he's like unwell and needs jordan peterson and i'm like i don't know what he's hoping to get out of the interaction but it was just i don't know if he just thought maybe if he just gave him his blessing he'd walk away much better but it was wild oh boy yeah he's like he's like bawling and i am not well i'm not well i need to get i just want to get to know you or something like that i forget what it was (laughs) it sounds like he's like help my voice sounds like yours That's every impression on my YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) You feel bad for the kid too, because you're. I mean, he obviously is unwell. Like no one's doing that when they're just that. It's gone past Jordan Peterson obsession at that point. I don't, but I don't know what he was hoping to gather from gain from that, or if he was even in the right frame of mind to figure out what would happen next. But it was also like weird because you know that it's it's a convocation, which is like they're. They do a Monday, Wednesday, Fridays 
It's like the whole school assembly kind of thing. And they're trying to be Christian about it, but you know, they just want to like take the kid away and move on. But then Jerry Jr. is all up there awkward. Like, hey, uh, calls on one of the pastors who's standing up there. It's like, uh, why, why don't you say a prayer for him? And then they just like dismissively pray for him. It feels like they're just like, you know, going for all, all the, um, it's just like the, the typical Mad Lib prayer where it's just like, there's kind of that general structure and you just like throw in a few extra words to make it unique. Let me nourish our bodies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry would have prayed for him, but he drank too much cough syrup that morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the little Wayne. It sounds like they handled it, Christian, though, because isn't that in, I think it's in the Gospel of Mark, right? Where Jesus says, uh, if the children come to me, security, please come take these children away. I'm yes, exactly. trying to give a speech. <laughs> yeah. Jesus I feel like, like if you want to get a celebrity's attention, people. you know, you do it the old fashioned way by like shooting a president. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's when men were men, you know? Yeah. I just asked Jody Foster what an aphrodisiac that is. Yeah, she's she's married to that guy now, right? So <laughs> that dude is a uh, recording country music now. Yeah, he's got he's got quite the Twitter presence. Are you saying Jody oh, Foster married someone who attempted to assassinate a president? No, no. The the so a guy the guy that shot Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Okay. He he did it to get Jodie. Fo- he said he did it because he's in love with Jodie Foster and he was trying oh. to get her attention or something. And Hinckley's been in jail ever since, right? I mean, is he out now? Is, is, he's is out he- now, and he's and he's he's out and he's on Twitter. And he, no way. Yeah, and he just posts music all the time. And I have a lot of friends who I'm, I think you know. Uh, ironically slash probably not that ironically really like John Hinckley Jr. and retweet him on a regular basis, you know? (laughs) I didn't know any of this. I need to follow him on Twitter. Dude, him and OJ need a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love how we reward awful people with like millions of follows on Twitter. It's like anyone who's a train wreck, you just are like, I guess I'll follow that. Well, you know, I mean, look, his reasoning was suspect, but I, you know, he 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 had a a good target in mind. This is just Walker <laughs> Glenn talking, by the way. Uh, Casey and Sam, <laughs> you're talking about the only founding father that I care about. <laughs> you I mean, consider Reagan a founding father? <laughs> he's well, he's my father. I, I consider him my father. Daddy. Okay. Just calls him daddy is really what it comes to. <laughs> daddy, daddy, Ron. Just, daddy Ron. <laughs> daddy Reagan. Daddy Reagan. I've been fresh. <laughs> oh, just trickle, trickle down all over me. Oh, my God. Do you, uh, Walker, do you follow, um, you ever watch Channel 5 on YouTube, Andrew Callahan? No. So he used to do this, uh, he used to have a YouTube channel called, um, all okay, gas, no brakes. Okay. And he does these kind of like man on the street interviews at, he goes to all sorts of crazy events and basically just like lets people talk. And he's, he's got a, like a big tan suit on this, like oversized, it looked like it came from the thrift store most of the time. And, but uh, he's like the king of like these man on the street interviews, you know, cause he doesn't lead anybody. He just sort of lets them talk. Right. So I, I tried my hand at this yesterday 
And I have so much more respect for people who can do that now. <laughs> you tried a man on the street interview yesterday. Yeah. So uh, in my town lately, there has been, you know, when you're driving down the road and you'll see like the roadside, uh, it'll be like a guy with a little pole trailer and he's got the doors opened up and a little tent set up and he's selling like, uh, you know, rugs from like Wish fireworks. that sure. have like, you know, a lion on the front or whatever. So yeah, the lion rug guy. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. Snoop lion, the one that, the, uh, <laughs> the lion that has a Rastafarian hat and the dreadlocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a Confederate flag behind it for some reason. Just like <laughs> the most confusing mishmash <laughs> of iconography. <laughs> absolutely well yeah that's so our version of that apparently in my town in kansas was uh we got a guy that's like doing roadside stand and he's got a whole trailer full like maga merch that he's selling oh okay on the side of the road and so i drove past i've seen him a couple of times now he'll have like like 15 flags set up in front of his thing and they say like you know He's got a lot of like thin blue line stuff. He's got Trump 2024 and, you know, FJB and all, all the classics. Mm-hmm. So I drove by and I saw him. And I texted Sam. I'm like, dude, the, the roadside MAGA guy is out again. Like, I thought, I'm going to try to, I'm going to stop and try to talk to him. <laughs> like, Sam tried to convince me to like storm in and tell him that I was Antifa. <laughs> did, I, did i try to do that you did i think you did that i was like i don't think so uh he's probably packing right and yeah yeah i was 100 percent right by the way he had a like a glock on his belt he was open carrying like a but, true american i mean i would expect nothing less from a man yeah. of his stature <laughs> what if somebody, I, uh, yeah, you got to be prepared for if somebody comes up to you and tries to do a man on the street interview you know how big was his beard and how many crumbs were in it? <laughs> oh, this guy. Okay, let me think of where you'd see this guy. Okay, imagine you're at the mall and there's an old man sitting on a bench just looking disgruntled, like waiting on his wife. You know, he's got like white tennis shoes with socks pulled up, cargo shorts, T-shirt tucked into his jeans, and, uh, you know, like a hat and a goatee. Okay. Probably late fifties, early sixties. And okay. of course a big gun on his belt. Yeah, huge. <laughs> so I I stopped and my my thought was is like I'm not gonna go just put my phone in this guy's face. Like I'm gonna ask him, Hey, can I ask you some questions, you know, about what you think about you know, I was gonna ask him about like the FBI raid and the college debt stuff and just see if he said some ridiculous things. Uh, I think the words that I use was like, I co-host a podcast and our audience is pretty, pretty left leaning. And I think that, uh, you know, people sometimes don't understand like the mindset here behind all of this. And uh, could I ask you some questions? And he's like, you know, uh, just, you know, respectfully, I'm gonna have to decline. He said, those people, I... There ain't nothing I could say that's going to change their minds. Well, I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> not wrong. No. We know that. We were going to use this to make fun of you. So <laughs> He then went on to say that he was like concerned about sharing things about his business. 
Because it's illegal, I'm sure. He doesn't have the proper permits. That's probably what it was. He kind of made it out to be like, I'm going to protect and trade secrets here or something like that. It's all that blue line step up is, you know, it's like putting a sticker (laughs) on your car for when you get pulled over speeding that says you support law enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) Your officer, have a a blue Punisher skull decal and uh, let's keep it moving, you know? You iron it on to your... uh, little cop uniform there <laughs> every no. time people put those in their yards i'm just like is this just like a are you hoping this is like a cheat code for when they, someone calls the cops on you for hitting your wife it feels like <laughs> I, maybe i don't think i don't think hardly anybody likes cops like nobody wants to interact with cops nobody no. really wants to like okay if you're in person and if you get pulled over you're immediately irritated and worried that's what's going to happen. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, what your political affiliations are. Like nobody wants to talk to a cop in those circumstances. I think those people like the idea of cops. Yeah, I think it is an idea thing. I think what's also weird, dude. So uh, we have my small town uh, from where I live and we had our, fair or that we have a fair come through every year and we take the kids on they it was thursday night like they'll do this thing where like they don't open all the fair they just have all the rides and games and stuff open and you pay like 20 bucks and the kids can just ride all the rides as much as they want and you know my kids being five and six it's like perfect it's also like i don't know they have some rides for older kids whatever but you go there and it's mostly parents mostly teens because parents are just like drop their kids off, know where they're at. And then they pick them up when it's over. So a lot of teenagers around it. I I was just like, it's always interesting to watch, you know, in, in a small town, like there's a general mindset, the kind of, a, it's kind of rednecky in a lot of ways for the kinds of Massachusetts has rednecks. It's, it's like a weird Massachusetts blend of redneck, but, uh, I think what was notable, though, like what to connect this to what we were talking about is lots and lots of like, I support like thin, uh, lots of thin blue line shirts for these kids. And like you could kind of, you see like they pick I'm guessing they're picking up on a lot of the ideologies of their parents at that point. But or maybe their parents are like super liberal, so they just go the other way. But I'm like, <laughs> I always think that's funny. Like what teenager like even like the ultra patriotic shirts, like Eagles wrapped in flags and stuff like that. I'm like, it's so strange to see teenagers choose these as their identities. I mean, not that mine was a lot better. Mine was like all black skinny jeans, studded belt band t-shirts, swoopy hair. I'm not, this is no, by no means like a absolution of my shitty dress choices when I was a teenager. But <laughs> I think that is better. I think going through an emo phase is better than wrapping yourself in the American uh, okay. flag no. and the police state. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it's I'll okay that. that you liked MXPX or whatever. Like, <laughs> I just think it's like so interesting that kids already feel that way. Like you're you're 16. Like they probably have a whole like spiel about why handouts are bad, but they've never had to work a day for anything in their life. Like oh, your life is a handout until you are 18 years old. Right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of strong well, opinions about that when I was that age, having like, only worked under the table 
<laughs> you know, basically until I was out of high school. <laughs> How many parties do these kids go to and drink underage and they run from the cops afterwards in their thin blue line shirts? You're just like, <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing or what you support. You're just, you picked a plug and play identity and want to stomp a liberal. Definitely better to be a hot topic teen than like a baby brown shirt. I also saw a guy in a shirt that was like, you stomp my flag, I'll stomp your ass. And that t-shirt was tucked into his jean shorts. And what was particularly comical about it was he had an e-brace on. (laughs) Either he really hurt himself stomping the last person that stomped his flag, or he's in no shape to have a physical altercation at any point. It's funny to think about that shirt changing the word stomp to almost any other ver- Like, you touch my flag, I'll touch yes. your ass. <laughs> you, spit, you spit on my flag, I'll, I'll spit on your ass. <laughs> in. Oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, you, I'm flag, sorry, I'll are you just into ass. butt stuff? Like, you can just say that. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay I, now. I love that you said that because I sent that shirt to, I took a picture of the guy and sent it to Casey and our other buddy. And was like, I made it, I made it. I was like, I want to, I feel like you could market those shirt. I don't, not necessarily through the uh, podcast page, but if you put it up on Wish or Etsy or something stupid, but make like a unintentionally very gay version of that. Mm-hmm. And see if people buy it by accident tweak it just a little bit yeah just a little bit so somebody sees it out of the corner of their eye nothing but if they read yeah. it they're like what <laughs> or same same slogan you stomp my flag i'll stomp your ass but it's a rainbow flag yeah it's just <laughs> those you could sell yeah. that's a great idea <laughs> that is left to uh have to reach out to lock maybe give to the lockwood 51 on that one maybe Dude, lockwood should make that shirt that's, that's a great idea <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i didn't get anywhere with the dude uh he said yeah well you know they don't like what i'm doing uh tell them to open a biden uh booth so you did and that's what you have a biden booth now that you followed through i'm still working i'm still laying out my business plan you know okay i have still my mission statement done What's the mission statement? I'll put you on the spot. Uh, money over everything. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I, I mean, the, the one thing that's the left absolutely fails at is good merch. So maybe uh, if you get that game going strong, it could be a very successful business model. All the dark brand and merch that we're missing out on we love dark brandon don't we folks (laughs) you know i think it's so funny though casey that the thing that he told you i mean i i have a sense of your guys's leanings i don't know exactly the uh exactly how you feel about uh about brandon (laughs) i hate i hate that they came up with such a that's like the first thing that the right has come up with where i'm like god damn it let's go brandon is like pretty funny (laughs) but uh but like it's funny to me that the trump cult of personality that that's what he would counter with is like oh well you go open up your Biden one. And it's like, I, I don't know that you understand that the counter to thinking Trump is a fascist and uh, bad is not Joe Biden worship. 
Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like Joe Biden is like he was, you know, he has utility in that he is not Donald Trump. And that was how he secured my vote. But I wasn't skipping down to my polling place, just like, oh my God. That guy I've worshipped my whole life, Joe Biden, <laughs> is finally gonna is gonna trigger all these right wingers. Yeah, I, I have serious doubts about how much uh, Biden merch you would be able to sell with a roadside stand, literally anywhere. Like, pick the best city in America to set that up. You're still not gonna do very well. No, right. no one's no one's lining up to put on any sort of Biden T-shirt at all. I think they I had a hard time yeah. handing out uh, Biden Harris bumper stickers. I don't. I didn't see a whole lot of those. There was zero excitement around that campaign. <laughs> That's how you know the whole thing was a fraud. Yeah, mm. and now he stole the election. That's <laughs> what we we're trying to get at. Yeah, that's when you want to steal an election, you get somebody as charismatic as Joe Biden, and it's. I mean, and it just sold it. itself at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. man. I, it's like, yeah, it's really funny to me that the idea that <laughs> I think so, what Trump supporters and like leftists really agree on is not liking Joe Biden. I, know. <laughs> I, I joked before about like that. Finally, my dad and I have something in common, politically speaking. We're yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah we're, we're seeing well, a Joe Biden tent is big. You know, which it's funny because they'll be like, you'll say something about Trump and well, Biden, like, we're not talking about Biden. I know right. Biden sucks. We're not talking about that. <laughs> I don't, don't let's focus on on this over here. Let's have a very focused conversation about what my problems are here. I, I'm in full agreement with you, probably for different reasons on why Biden's not great. Probably the opposite reasons. But look, we have a common enemy for the first time in our lives. And I'll I'll take that as a moment that we had together. So that's fine. Binary yeah. thinking is so convenient in like every way for people who are not interested in like finding common ground at all. It's like yeah. you can just project the worst version of whatever the other side might think onto them. But what do you guys think is in the uh, document stash in mar lago <laughs> Oh my God. Uh I really wish I had something funny lined up. I was trying to think of like what it might be like, you know, if I was going to shoplift a bunch of like ex-president merch out of the White House, I don't know, maybe like the 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 bullet that they peeled out of Abraham Lincoln's head or something like that or. Sure. You know. <laughs> they still have that? J. Edgar Hoover's dildo. Oh, they definitely have that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> is that what is that what happens when you become president? Is there like we're handing over all the, the secret memorabilia to you? <laughs> it should be. It, it, it's obviously not that because he would have definitely auctioned it off. <laughs> Absolutely. We would have known about it. After he tried it out. After he tried out J. Edgar Hoover's dildo, he would have auctioned it off. Maybe he could find uh, Barack's birth certificate in there. Maybe that was in the pile. <laughs> that's, that's why he took them, is he's just like, I am going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm nuts, but they're going to see. They, they raid his Mar-a-Lago home, and they just see, like, 
this board on the wall with all these pins and strings connecting things with a picture of Obama <laughs> in the center with like a big birth certificate question mark over yeah. it. And you're, just like, you're still on this? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm sure know. Alex There's... Jones knows what's in the documents. He's seen the documents. Yeah. It's all on record now. You guys should, uh, since Alex Jones's, you know, star has fallen a little bit, you guys should try to get him on. Oh my God, think- that would be such a trip. I don't even know how you talk to people like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, rollers. well, you could start with like, look, we both think Joe Biden is a lizard person. We have different <laughs> reasons. Our politics are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, Do you guys ever listen to that Red Scare podcast? No. No, I've heard of it. It's it's strange. I've been listening to it a little bit, but uh, one of the, the women that hosted, I looked on her social media yesterday, and she had pictures of her out shooting guns with Alex Jones. Oh, okay. Like, what a wild day that would be. <laughs> You know? Oh my God. He's the kind of person that I feel like would accidentally Dick Cheney someone. You know what I mean? Was yeah, it possibly. I just shoot someone by mistake. That was Dick you Cheney, pig? right? <laughs> <laughs> that was Dick Cheney. Are you guys are you guys Sopranos fans? I never watched the Sopranos. I feel like I missed like the cultural moment of that. Oh my god, it's never too late. Never too late to to go back if you got if you watch it before they take HBO Max away. Yeah, Wait, is that take... happening? Uh, I think yeah. It's this. I don't understand this, but they are. Merging. They just made it. <laughs> yeah, I know the man. They can't, and this is like the third HBO streaming service that they've started. I don't understand why these giant mega corporations can't figure out how to give us their content it's yeah. just like we're all we're all we're all standing by ready literally to asking for it with money in hand we don't yeah, give a exactly, shit exactly exactly we want to pay you to watch this stop fucking with us yeah exactly uh they are they're like combining with discovery plus and it's starting some new streaming service oh my god it feels it's I, like a fucking megazord all these streaming services <laughs> i can't yeah. remember which ones i'm paying for I know. I'm definitely or, not paying for HBO or uh, or Hulu. I'm on my buddy Davis's Hulu, but I pay for Netflix, and I don't know how many people are watching my Netflix at this point, but it's it's a few. Yeah, it's hard to know what you pay for, whose passwords you're using for things. Everything just stays logged in. You you realize how little power you have in life when someone hits the log out of all devices button, and you're just like. <laughs> Oh fuck! I don't. I I haven't logged into this in eight years. <laughs> now I have to try to remember my password from 2014. Yep. Yeah. How many how many relationships have la- outlasted their usefulness? Because it's just like, are we really going to have two Netflix subscriptions? Yeah. Well, you know? That's how you know when people officially like. That's how you break up with people if you want to be uh, sneaky about it. You just log them out of their of your subscription. You just, log out of devices and woman's like hey i, I can't get in uh to the netflix account just yep. no response Ghost. no response that definitely <laughs> happened to a friend of mine for sure it's, i remember that conversation where it got uncomfortable what's a what's like the worst 
So there's like so many subscription services and streaming services and Patreons and all that kind of stuff. Like what's, is there one that you guys think of that was particularly bad that you regretted paying for? Mm. Cause I had Paramount plus oh. for a minute and I thought that oh, was yeah. terrible. I, I, got, I did that for just a second because there was something we wanted to watch on with the kids. So you did the, the, seven day free trial that you forgot to cancel and then you paid for it for a month and then that's how they get you, I guess. But that one uh, was, I've been pretty disappointed weak. with my subscription to truth social. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I haven't found, I haven't found the level of truth that I was hoping to uncover by the time I spent on there. Is that, do you pay for truth social? I don't actually I, know. No, you just <laughs> don't know actually. I don't think you do, but they do have exclusive streaming lights rights to a lot of the Daily Wire content. You're not happy with that? Oh, have you guys seen the trailer for the Joe what Biden is- movie directed by Robert Davi? No. No, I heard something about that this week, but I haven't watched it yet. It is the wildest shit I have <laughs> ever seen. And Gina Carano is in it. And... They have some man who, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to cast an old white dude who has like a ballpark resemblance to Joe Biden. They found the one 80-year-old white dude who looks nothing like Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's like the, it's all about Hunter's laptop and. Oh my God. (laughs) So this is, it's not like a documentary. It's like the, it's It's a film. It's a dramatization. Yeah. Oh my god, Beautiful. that is going to be terrible. I can't wait to watch it. It looks it looks pretty insane. Like it looks like it would probably be like a, a pretty fun watch. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It, it, it looks watch. yeah, totally. It looks very um kinetic. <laughs> it, exactly. it looks like if like the if the Biden presidency was nearly as wild as this movie made it made it seem um i it wouldn't be good but we'd be living in a in a less boring <laughs> a less yeah. boring period i think the hunter biden laptop obsession is just it's truly amazing i just it it continues the obsession with hunter biden i think is really funny like if yeah i'm it seems like there was some some weird shit going on there at times but also like so much of it is just he's an addict with unlimited resources like yeah can we stop focusing on that it's not it's not like i it's also funny to see how many people like shit on him and make fun of him make all these jokes and you just want to be like there's no chance that there aren't plenty of you who have addicts for children or family members and it's not fun like it's not like hilarious i don't know why it's so funny to like just shit all over hunter biden still like of course he probably does some things that are pretty funny that i'm unaware of that you could endlessly make uh, fun he of. holds a gun to a woman's head while she blows him so there's hilarious that. i mean hilarious okay. right so <laughs> yeah we're laughing that's for I real <laughs> jesus christ but anyway it's Sam's like it's i think he seems all right he's a cool guy I don't know. but it's such an obsession that you're like i don't know what what this entirely has to do with the presidency anymore, but that's fine. We'll just... I think it's just like proximity, the, the proximity of that level of chaos to, you know, yeah. the top spot in the country is wild. But I, I feel like the need to 
connect all of these different things on like this That's macro amazing. level. You know, it's like it's like the Hillary Clinton emails and Anthony Weiner and you know all of this stuff, and it's all a big plot and plan, and you know, blah 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 blah. It's like the, the macro scheming yeah, they- is what's so ridiculous about so much of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the story's ridiculous enough. It's crazy that you know that's the president's son. He's doing some wild things, right? Right. It doesn't mean that Joe Biden is, uh, you know, preparing the way for the Antichrist or something like that. Yeah, that was credit cards back in the day. So <laughs> he might be the only Democratic president <laughs> or like high office holder that hasn't been speculated as the Antichrist. No, he is now. Did you see after that speech he gave with all that red background? Oh. People are talking about him being Satan incarnate at this point. It's oh, man. the last few days of social media have been Couldn't pretty cool. Satan find a more exciting yeah. vessel. One See, that he could fit into a little bit better. <laughs> That's what all those Joe Biden gaffes are. Is that, that Satan trying to get out? Is like <laughs> <laughs> when he's talking about like, I have hairy legs in front of a public pool in front of a yeah. bunch of frightened children. <laughs> That's the best clip. That's the best clip of his entire career. Corn corn pop. Corn pop used to feel my legs. They're hairy. He was a bad dude. He was a bad dude. (laughs) Come on, man. That's the funniest thing ever. I want a TV show. Like, okay, if like a reality, I don't watch many reality shows ever. I will watch a reality show where they pair Hunter Biden and like Bam Margera together. Like, or maybe, maybe not make a reality show. Hard. What make them like a Hunter Biden and Bam Bam Margera? Yeah, that's that's what I want to see, buddy. They're just gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> drug addicts hanging out. It'll <laughs> like be the a, saddest show ever. <laughs> it'd be like a more fun requiem for a dream, you know. <laughs> I feel like maybe not even a reality show. Just get like a Hannity and Combs situation with those two. <laughs> that would yeah, that be is, fun. I guess uh, Bam Margera was recently on Steve O's podcast and they talked about his whole being removed from the Jackass movie and shit like that. Bam looks rough. It's, we, like, pretty, it's pretty sad. It, it is. That one is. It is. Sad. It's like hard to watch him at this point. You're like, Jesus Christ, dude, you really fell apart it's it is it's a bummer and it's like they're still playing pranks on each other but it's just like all right i just snuck into hunter's room <laughs> <laughs> and, and replaced his cocaine with fentanyl Let's see what happens. <laughs> it's just like sneaking into the uh, the oval office bathroom and saran wrapping the toilet seat or whatever <laughs> Yeah, Joe, Joe Biden's the new uh, the new Phil. He's the new Phil. <laughs> oh man, that's they used perfect. To always do the videos of uh, them like throwing like a fistful of flour in people's faces, and now they just use cocaine. Just, like, <laughs> Angel dust. That's all that. <laughs> oh my god! All right, we're gonna wrap this intro up, but uh, before we do. Um, Walker, you have a new podcast, and we want to get that out to the world. Oh, yeah. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell everyone about what you got going on in the, in the podcast universe now. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it's out now. Um, my brother and I started a podcast called Idiotalk. 
and uh, it's a deep dive into Radiohead. Um, and that's Idiot Talk spelled like Idiot A-L-K, which is a, a play on, on one of their songs. Okay. But yeah, and- we're going album by album and, and just talking about this favorite band of ours. But it's also just an excuse for, you know, two people with a shared sense of humor and a lifetime of built up references and inside jokes and just kind of a place to get all that out. Yeah, no, that sounds great, man. I um, I, I know w- when we had you on before, you had mentioned that you were starting to get that. You were, you would. I don't know if you mentioned it actually while we were recording or not, but you mentioned why like to start that podcast and that you had the intention of doing so. So I'm excited that you have got it out into the world and that before we started recording, I think one of the other things you were just talking about was um why you feel like it's a little different than some of the other Radiohead podcasts out there. So I'm going to have you repeat that information because oh, yeah. coming at it from a different perspective than maybe some of the other ones. And Yeah, there are some Radiohead podcasts out there. There's some really good ones, but we kind of felt like what was missing from the, uh, <laughs> the marketplace of ideas, uh, Radiohead <laughs> wise, uh, was just something that's a little bit more uh, humorous. I mean, we're both dorks about their music and we do, we do like to go deep on it but it's also just silly and i think radiohead one thing we talk about on the podcast a lot is radiohead has has a reputation uh, that i i would say is deserved and not deserved but uh, just about being a little bit self-serious and so we just wanted to discuss this music that we really love but from you know, a more fun place. Nice. So and I don't know that I've ever, I don't think I've ever really listened to Radiohead a whole lot because I just kind of missed a whole era of music growing up and stuff. But like, you know, if you talk to like Star Wars fans, Star like the died in the wool Star Wars fans will be like, all right, you've never seen Star Okay, well, here's the order that you need to go back through and watch the movies in this order, not the order in which they came out or whatever. Like, is there that but for Radiohead? Like, where does somebody start? That's interesting. Well, I would say if you're completely uninitiated, that's really the person we're trying to get with it. I mean, we're trying to engage with the Radiohead fan community, super fans. We wanted to have something for those people. But we do start at the beginning of their albums. And, and we want people who don't really care about Radiohead to... Uh, have an opportunity to get into the band with us or to enjoy it, even if if they don't take to the band particularly. Mm-hmm. I would say that's my that's my promotional answer is start by subscribing to Idiotalk, folks. We're going to tell you all about the band. Um, my answer as far as where to start with the band, I tend to think that the album OK Computer is a, is a good place to start. Um, it's their third album, but it's their first one where they kind of became the genre-defying kind of, you know, okay. more critical darlings that, that they would be throughout their career. But they're one of those bands that hasn't... They have a sound, um, but they haven't really repeated albums too much. They, they've reinvented themselves a few times. But OK Computer gives you a good sense of kind of them still as a rock and roll band, but getting into the more artistic, 
uh, and like uh, electronic space that they would play in. You remember back in the in the uh, youth group days, like in Christian music magazines and stuff, they'd be like, "If you like Limp Biscuit, try Pod." Uh-huh. It, <laughs> was there is there a Christian music equivalent? You know that I might be more comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> I was trying to think of a funny answer. There is no Christian band that can do what Radiohead does. Although, like, you know, and and that's uh, that's no shade on... Uh, no, it is shade on Limp Bizkit. Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> yeah. Not that I have heard, uh, but, you know, I... That's a good question. I don't think that... It's not a good question, really. <laughs> <laughs> because as, as we all know, Christians need parallel institutions for everything. So Casey just wanted to start his own podcast, but about whatever band you would have called the equivalent. That way he could have his Christian version of your podcast. Yeah, it's like if you want ketchup, but you don't want to eat Heinz because of uh-huh. you know, John Kerry. Oh, right. Absolutely. You get the yeah. Is there a hunt for Radiohead? <laughs> I kind of think that if you like free your mind to the point that you can make music as interesting as Radiohead has made over their career, it's just unlikely that you're going to be able to hold on to you know your like monotheistic <laughs> ideas. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, if this is out there, what else is out there? (laughs) (laughs) You guys have uh, a social media presence we can direct people towards? Yeah, of course. Um, So we're on Instagram at idiotalk.podcast. And we're posting reels and video embarrassing pictures of us from our youth. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's... It's definitely like different than what you guys do here, but also, you know, this is my younger brother. He grew up Christian as well. So there is a lot of fun uh, unearthing of anecdotes from the vault of our, yeah, of our nice. you know, our, our youth group past. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and Radiohead for both of us is kind of that thing that we discovered at that age where you're forming your own identity, you know, 1920. And so it, it does bring up a lot of that, a lot of that goofy stuff from the past. And I think folks who like, like hearing the stuff that is uh, shared on your podcast might get a kick out of it. Nice. So, all right. Awesome. Everyone check out Idio talk and go follow the uh, Instagram page and we'll share it too, man. We'll post it around. Um, I appreciate it so much. Yeah. It's really great to be able to come back here with something to plug and not vague aspirations to start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you, you got this, Kate? Are you about to take the, uh, the introduction there, Casey? Yeah. Yeah. So our guest this week is one of our favorite like meme pages. Uh, you know, um, just a fun Instagram page, and is it's also on Twitter, right? Oh, I actually probably should have known that beforehand. I only know it as uh, the Instagram page because Instagram's the only social media that's actually worth your time. I think everything else just felt like why did I why did I do that when I'm done? That and Truth Social, yeah, and Truth Social. Right. Gotta keep plugging Truth Social. <laughs> 
But so our guest this week is Christians Against Skaters. And uh, it's just a funny page that, you know, over the years is like their memes would pop up in uh, in funny places. You know, either people that like the, uh, you know, the the poking the fun at, at Christian culture and stuff like that. And some of that original Christian cancel culture. Uh, it also will occasionally pop up on someone who doesn't get the jokes page, yep. <laughs> you know, which is even more fun. But uh, yeah, we had a great time talking to him and I think you're going to really enjoy the episode. So if you like the podcast, uh, we would really appreciate it if you'd leave us a five-star review, either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to it. I really appreciate everybody who's gone and done that. And if you want to get in on the conversation, you can join our Discord server. You can find a link to that in the in our Instagram profile. And enjoy our conversation with Christians Against Skaters. Hey, everybody. We're back with our guest, the director of CAS Ministries. Uh, that would be Christians Against Skaters. I hear this has become a huge problem lately. Uh, and that there's something to really rage against. So I'm excited to get into why you hate skaters so much. Disdain for them came from. Yeah. Thanks for having me on because I really do hate them. And it's not so much I hate them, but God does. And I'm the messenger yeah. of him. <laughs> would, it, would it be better to call you Reverend? Um, the Rev. So I'll just go ahead and say that we're kind of working on something right now. And in what we're working on, I'm like working under the Reverend. So... For the sake of like continuity, I'll just go by like a member or something like that because there's I hope this... it's not a Southern Baptist convention sort of thing, or that could that could take on a different meaning. <laughs> the member, the, mem- yeah. the member, the member, the <laughs> the pastor's member. Yeah, <laughs> member. So, so you got a new outreach program in the works. Yeah. Oh, we're reaching <laughs> out. That's for sure. <laughs> Dude, so I mean, I think okay. So the Instagram page is so funny. I think it's so it hits a particular. It's like a. It's pretty niche, I guess. In some ways, I. uh, It's funny because like whenever you come across, I mean, doing this, you come across a lot of different like Instagram pages that kind of take off in one way or another, and you're just like, it's the lanes that some people find to satirize Christianity are always. I don't know. I, it's so fun. It's like there's no end to it. And there's some that pop up that really resonate where you're just like, oh, this I get. It. And I know not it's not for everybody, but when it feels like you have that connection to it, it's particularly fun. Totally. Um, and it's based off of your experiences and everything. So something that, yeah, maybe you grew up around and then it's being satirized in two different lanes and you might have grown up in both of those lanes. It kind of takes on a different thing. Because the whole Christians yeah, yeah. against X and Y isn't really like something I made up. It was like, I think the very first one was Christians against dinosaurs. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, I think that's the OG. And then, um, but I'm not a skater in, quote, in quotes, quote unquote. You weren't, you, you weren't a skater pre- in your previous life? Oh, no, definitely not. Man, I was hoping this was one of those... Uh, Awesome testimonies, right? Yeah, Where you big were conversion the story. Oh, no. try to definitely, some, definitely I, a lot of people in the church, but it's like those people who would be like, uh, I, I used to be in Hell's Angels, and now they, they know me and they get me. And yeah. I, 
I have an in and I get to witness to hell's angels now. And I've had some no, I only know about it because you got to know your enemy, you know? So I did all the research to <laughs> figure out what they're doing. It's like the pastors that listen to Marilyn Manson. So they know what lyrics are like the worst ones and everything. Yeah. They listen to the whole discography over and over again, just so they can, t- or uh, my favorite is like folk. We would joke on the focus on the family reviews, movie reviews, uh, where it's just like some dude sits there and watches super bad and then has to, tell you how many f words and s words and gds were in it and all the all the dirty yeah, sites and so i had funny. to deal with that growing up too because i remember my parents would like print off the sheet the <laughs> <laughs> like and we're not this going to see the archives it, it has four d's a one h and yeah. uh, a, a gd a gd is a deal breaker so those were like notable gds were deal breakers for a lot of people did your parents did, did you either of you guys' parents like do anything in particular when like a swear word happened on TV or something that you were watching? If they knew it was coming, they would be like like put the hands over the ears <laughs> the a little bit. Ears. Not not at a certain age, but at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, when I was young, my dad would just kind of like yell. Like if it was clear <laughs> that they were about to swear, he'd be like, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> In like a kind of joking manner, but yeah, I feel like it it, it gave them the uh, the clearance of conscience to continue watching the show that they wanted to watch. Yeah, well, we we took care of it. Yeah, I think <laughs> when okay. I was a when I was a kid, my dad and I were watching Star Trek: The Journey Home, and they just like dropped GDs like every other second, and neither of us knew that at first, and it just got more and more tense <laughs> as we were watching it because I'm sitting there like, all right, when's he gonna turn it off? And then finally, like, I think 45 minutes in, he just like, because it was a VHS, just like stops the VHS tape and takes it out. All quiet. So I'm awesome. not even going to rewind this. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've told the story of the podcast, but it, I had a very similar experience. But I was in high school. Um, I mean, I was probably seven, 16, 17 years old. And I, had, I loved Samuel L. Jackson. So like I would go to Walmart and anytime there was like a Samuel L. Jackson movie in like those little $5 bins, I would, I would yank them out and just buy them without really quest. I wouldn't think anything of it. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll watch this one. And, but I, one of the movies I loved was the negotiator. Oh yeah. And I had first seen that on, on TV. So like everything's edited, out, edited down. But uh, I was like, I think I probably watched it by myself at one point. Uh, but I was like, Oh, this would be a cool movie to watch with my dad. And it wasn't. I felt so fucking weird the whole time. It was and I, I want I that's one of those things that I would talk to him about now because it wouldn't be weird. But like, I know he felt kind of weird, too, but he knew I was old enough to watch it. But we just didn't want to watch it together. And that was the mutual vibe we were feeling. So it gets to this point where like uh, Samuel L. Jackson is like this other guy's like acting in as a negoti- hostage negotiator. And Samuel L. Jackson's trying to prove that he sucks at it and he's trying to get him all flustered. And it's like, you're not supposed to say no. You're supposed to respond differently. So he starts asking him weird questions. And he's like, do you or do you not like to dress up like a schoolgirl and get your ass spanked? I don't want to watch this with my dad anymore. I hate this so yeah. much. And it was, I had to finally just be like, dad, I don't think I want to. <laughs> I, just, I turned it off and he's like, yeah, that's, that's I'm fine. sure it's mutual. Yeah. <laughs> At least it wasn't black stink moan. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would have been, that would have been a weird. I did read the focus on the family review for that. Oh, that's probably sure, lengthy. Like a treasure. Yeah, a lot of scrolling. Yeah, a lot of it. My <laughs> dad and I walked out of Borat. 
Oh yeah, that's a movie to walk out of. <laughs> when when they got to the point where he and the and his assistant were like naked wrestling each other. Yeah, we're like <laughs> same energy, and my dad finally looks over and he's, "Let's get out of here." <laughs> I, I actually have a story about that same scene. Was that yes. um, when I was, and this was like the most early two thousands things ever. Was that one of the first movies that I pirated on LimeWire was Borat, and um, <laughs> I told my yep. sister about it, and she was like watching it upstairs in the middle of the night. My mom walked upstairs during that scene, and she thought it was, <laughs> she thought it was like an adult movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> the it adult movie off, with maybe the worst actors worse than it really is yeah <laughs> it's just that there's so many <laughs> scenes and that that was like the typical thing as a kid right like whatever you're watching your parents are going to walk in at the worst time yeah it's like you, there, you could watch an hour and 45 minute movie and there's three and a half seconds of boobs and that's when your parents are walking in and that's when you accidentally pause it yeah <laughs> without a doubt so tell us a little bit about yourself, about your uh, your upbringing. Where are you from originally? Um, so originally I'm from Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, okay. And yeah, I lived there for about uh, 13 years. And we grew up um, like non-denominational or like interdenominational, which like when you're in the South, that just means Baptist, but you're not like as strict about certain things. Yeah, you're just not paying dues. Yeah, non-denominational exactly. Baptists in the South are kind of like scabs. Like they just don't want to pay the union dues. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Although, like, do Southern? What do you have to? I actually don't know how that hierarchy works. Uh, I know people join the SBC because they get they do get some money. Uh, I know that's I know people who started churches that didn't even agree with all of their stances, but were so hard up that they were just like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll sign this thing. I'll I need the we need the help." So they're like, hey, are you good at keeping secrets? Okay, you're in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sign so, this NDA. Yeah. So I didn't really get to experience that since we were like the non-denominational, but like doctrine wise, it was basically Baptist. But yeah. Then um, we moved to Georgia and I spent about like six years there and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee now, but we were in another like non-denominational slash interdenominational thing during that time so that's sort of like what i grew up in so it wasn't as like as hardcore as like a pentecostal church or something like that but we definitely like made some like field trips to churches like that so i, to I got pentecostal to experience churches. it yeah i wasn't raised <laughs> in it but i got to experience it that's such a funny idea for a field trip we're gonna go see how these people do they're weird oh yes uh, yeah like We've definitely seen some like charlatans and stuff, like going to the healers and watching exorcisms that, and stuff like that. That was more. I would love to do that. My mind. <laughs> I can't get past that aspect of Christianity because it it never goes away. It's still running strong with the same people it has for so long. Oh, it's just around like, the corner from. The, I think I sent you a picture of it the other day, but around the corner from my apartment in Kansas City, there's a like. It's in a sh- like a strip mall, like a crappy strip mall, and it's brand new. I'd never seen it before, but like it, it, it said like Christian Healing Center right on the on the sign. We looked up the website, and it's like a husband and wife minister team. Of course, it and is. they said it like regularly experience you know supernatural healings in our services, like right on the website. That's awesome. Yeah. It's regularly. <laughs> I, I enjoy that kind why, of stuff. I would love to check it out. 
it's just like you you when you think about it uh, like globally or uh, locally even you're like why are so many like just go there like i'm sure there are sick people in that church that still go to doctors i bet the pastor has a fucking pcp like it just doesn't that shit doesn't make any and i i mean i i was buying into it for a minute because uh, I was just, I wanted it to be true. Just wanted that. I mean, what could confirm that you were right more than watching somebody get healed before your eyes? Uh, of course, you never usually see anything awesome, like something grow back or phys- no. you don't physically see it with your eyes. You're just like, this person's like, I got a, a warm feeling around my kidney and then I didn't have to get it out. So I guess that was God. And you're like, okay, maybe we should investigate a little more thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And that whole experience was like really stuck in my head even to now just because and it's not even like a traumatic thing. It was just so weird. But it was like something straight out of a movie because this guy would um, I wish I could remember his name, but we went to like the middle of nowhere, like down a gravel road to this really strange campus. And he was just visiting there. It wasn't his actual like home base or anything. He's traveling because you know obviously there's some people that are going to be going after this guy after this session he's uh running from his uh back taxes or something is what he's yeah doing. It's, it's, it's hard to plant a flag anywhere if you're making like long-term healing predictions yeah exactly because <laughs> he would do those like parlor tricks of like oh i just saw the spine shift he had scoliosis and it's straightened up and he he would break in between like each session and sing a song, but he had like no ability to sustain a note. So his like yes. his like oh. he would be like, in between, <laughs> and he did it in between everything. So I think he did it like six times. Had these breaks with these songs, and then he would have a different category of healing. So he'd be, like, does anybody have back pain? Make a line to the front if you have back pain. Oh, that's really specific it's like the spirits just telling him which things to heal and look if no one with back pain showed up that day what a waste of the spirit's power because he just had to move on to the next one and there goes anyone and then there was like the line of like oh if it doesn't work you just you you have to believe it works for it to work so you don't believe it's not gonna work you're the one with the faith like a mustard seed it's not me it's you (laughs) yeah now like your churches were they pretty formal or were they pretty laid back like how how many people are wearing jeans in the congregation um the north carolina one was pretty laid back i gotta say the georgia one was more formal but like as the age like went lower it was more casual it was more of like older people who grew up in that formal sort of structure but i definitely experienced some of the formal stuff because like I was in Boy Scouts growing up and some of the people from there were Presbyterian. So I experienced that the whole like you got to wear like your shirt and tie and you have your standardized plan where it's like stand up, sing, sit down, say a prayer, stand up, say a prayer, sit down. You know how it's like completely yeah, yeah. charted out for you, which let's be real. That's to keep people from falling asleep. That's why you make people yeah. stand up and sit down again periodically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the only way too. And especially like you get towards the end and you're hungry and you're just waiting and then they start playing just as I am and like it's like a 30 minute altar call and you just want to die. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) That was like one of my early church experiences, like the first church that I really remember getting sunk into for real was uh, in Georgia, too. And it was a Southern Baptist church and just 
lot of suits and ties and, you know, long altar calls and, and stuff like that. And they were very against movies and music and all that kind of stuff, you know, just real traditional Southern Baptist. Yeah. As far as music went, like our choir was like famous because they were so good, even though it was like a smaller church. And I think they ended up like getting sent abroad to do oh, wow. what they're saying. Yeah. So that was sort That's of funny, man. Yeah. That was like actually one of their points of pride of the church itself. But it was one of those churches where you'd like literally spend the whole day there because you'd oh, like, yeah. do the Sunday school in the morning. You do the service. There'd be like a lunch there after the service. And then you have like for two hours. Sunday, yeah, Sunday evening service too. <laughs> yeah. And you might as well just like hang around since you're doing that. So it's like a eight in the morning to nine in the evening sort of deal. It's like when kids have like uh, after school activities, but it's like two hours after school. They just bum around. It's like that <laughs> you're in church. <laughs> exactly. Dude, Sunday night service was the worst. Yeah. That was like Wednesday was kind of fun because we had like a little youth group thing. Sunday night, like no one cared. It was all out of obligation. So you had to just sit through the regular sermon and stuff. Oh, we hated it. Speak for yourself, Casey. I voluntarily went to those Lynchburg. <laughs> I got to say the, the dinners they'd serve would slap pretty hard right before it. But Oh, dang. Definitely. They did dinner too? Oh, dinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like either potluck or they had like a full kitchen because it was one of those places that also like in the back had one of those athletic centers with and there was even a summer camp too. So it was pretty. So this expensive. is a big church. Well, that's the weird thing is that it wasn't that big. Huh. But they were still able really? to like make all this stuff happen. I think Did was, you ever go to the summer camp? Uh, yeah, I was a counselor there too. Really? Oh, yeah. Dang. So you've been in ministry for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From like birth to like 18, 19, maybe. How old were you at this like Georgia church? Was that teenage years? Yeah. So I think I was like 11 when I came there first. Okay. Yeah. Until I were got out like, of high school. Were you fully committed to the game? Kind of. Like, it was a weird half and half. Like, Oh, you had one foot in the world and... <laughs> yeah, and one foot exactly. That, that's tough, man. I, I wasn't like no. 100, 100% like a good kid, but... <laughs> I feel like that was like the number one youth pastor sermon uh, because they knew that's where most kids were at. Like, you can't oh, yeah. serve two masters. You can't serve... And then it's just like, whatever. Uh, baseball and Jesus. So when you have Sunday morning baseball games, you should choose church. You're like, yeah, but then I get kicked off the team and like, well, you know, Jesus, man. You're like, Throw away your skindred <laughs> CD. Yeah, you only have one, my scholarship. You only have one season. So think about how many seasons are in the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. God, how crazy was the summer camp? Was it was it fun? Was it uh, very heavy handed? in terms of the message? No, it was awesome. Actually, I would say it was more like fun than anything else. Like you just do fun stuff all day and then you'd have like a nighttime like sermon deal going on. So I think only like three hours out of the day or something would be the actual sermon stuff. And the rest of the time you're just like out on the lake or horseback riding or something like that. That doesn't sound too bad. Horseback riding. Dang. You got some yeah. cool I feel like that was a money thing but maybe that's just where i was from where like only people yeah. with money and horses. well it's in rural georgia so they just knew people with horses so yeah I get which is kind of like you know the good thing about being in a church for some people is you have people that are willing to help you with stuff that otherwise you 
would need to have a lot of money or resources to do. Well, it's like the the draw, right? Like if everything's functioning properly, that's kind of like the community aspect of it. That's like the best community part. center. It's like a country club, but you well, you do pay to be not as much, and there's no golf. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so as a counselor is like one thing that I never did. I went to a bunch of summer camps, but I was never a counselor. Was that, was it fun? Did you feel like it was a big responsibility? Were you tasked with like talking to kids about faith related stuff? I mean, um, what all did you have to do? You know, I'm kind of surprised that that wasn't the case where I didn't have a lot of like personal responsibility in their um, services or anything. It was more of like keeping them out of trouble and just like making sure they got to the actual service. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wrangling cats for eight hours until you can get them into the service. So yeah, I mean, they're like eight. Again, you know, I think they know what their attention spans are like and everything. Um, the only thing I had to do was when, because they like got points for like a store where you could get candy by memorizing verses. And I would be I the love person. when Bible verses are currency. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I wish it still was. I remember a few. I could get some stuff from the corner store or something. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking craving a Charleston Chew real bad. So you're yeah. like, oh, John 316. Exactly. <laughs> so I would be the person that they would like do that to and I'd check them off. Did you and ever you, have any like really rotten kids that you had to deal with? You not thought really. about just euthanizing? When when I like was a camper, there were some people that were pretty bad. But oh, honestly, how did you feel about the bad kids? Because that was always my, like, I was always like, I kept the arm's length from the bad kids, but also wanted to fit in bad enough with any group that like, you knew that the bad kids were the cool kids usually. Yeah. And you're like, I want to be cool and I want to fit in. Like I was homeschooled. So I'm like kind of chilling with the homeschool crowd. And I'm like, I don't, these don't, they never felt like my people in a lot of ways. Uh, there's a couple that stood out as dope, but for and in large part, the homeschool crowd was not my scene. I had, no, me neither. Cause I actually grew up homeschooled too. So I was no trying way. to, yeah, until high school. Oh, okay. So yeah. your parents really threw you to the wolves and stopped caring about your faith <laughs> around 14. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so actually the reason why was because, you know, we didn't have to be taught evolution in homeschool. Yeah. Oh, that was a big deal. I, I mean, my, yeah, that's the big one. It's like, we want to give you a, uh, we want to give you a Christian education with a biblical worldview. And that that's also somewhat like all of our heads like, looking back on it. I, and I don't know how much of it, like the, I don't know what the options were for history texts while you're homeschooled, but it's like Christian, all of them are very Christian nationalist too. When you look back at it, you're like, Oh, that is crazy that you got taught history. And I, I know our, like our American history in any public school setting is often pretty whitewashed. And it's just like, things were great. It wasn't that bad. And things just got better. And you're like, but I, I just know the history that I got. Oh, that's, I, it, that's some real fucking rose colored glasses for the history of the United States. I think my mom still has like the Christian dinosaur book. Oh, like really? A, like a biblical perspective on dinosaurs. Genesis? Um, well, it's, I think it's more like a kid style book. So it's mostly just illustrations and like, this is a stegosaurus. This stegosaurus is only 6,000 years old, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus didn't die for his sins. It's like Christian dinotopia, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what was the cornerstone of the uh, alternate 
the 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 what did they teach instead of evolution was it young earth creationism yeah yeah because that was kind What's, of the goal what are the other options right? yeah <laughs> i don't think there are I, I i do remember we watched that uh ben stein expelled movie <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> i he forgot about that. my uh co- he was my commencement speaker at liberty really what yeah damn yeah, i forgot you know, about if that you would have applied yourself and graduated on time he could have been yours too Instead, what did you get? Glenn Beck? Uh, maybe. I might have had Glenn Beck. I don't know. Uh, they, they had a lot, like a good, like three year run of just like conservative pundits and just like, what is this? Maybe Sean Hannity. Did Sean Hannity do it one year? It would make sense. <laughs> oh, I don't know God. if he did. What's Tucker Carlson up? He's got to be doing this. <laughs> a lot of you are graduating. And frankly, <laughs> that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? I could on? definitely see Ben Shapiro <laughs> speaking at it. Ben Shapiro. Uh, then they had. Well, no, he was the Falkirk Center. Uh, fizzled out. Charlie Kirk is still going hard in the paint with some really dumb ideas. So that's cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> you won't quit. He's young too. I didn't realize like Charlie Kirk's like really young to be so sure of himself. <laughs> yeah. But we all were. I remember what I like to be so sure of myself. Very like very vocal. Yeah. I wonder if he grows up, like, what's he going to be like? If he grows up. I feel like, <laughs> like you said, if. <laughs> I feel like exactly, exactly the same, because at this point, you're playing a character, you know? Yeah, that's what's crazy about these people who, like, really set their personalities in stone on a public, like, scale. It's like, how do you shift out of that? Once you're, like, making a ton of money off of being that person, I don't, like, is, has anyone ever really shifted out? It's hard to imagine people having the cognitive ability to be like, my ethics and morals have shifted, therefore I will sacrifice. I shouldn't even say that. They could probably find their way into like any other media and still do okay. But you do create a brand for yourself where you have to consider what it would be like to throw that away entirely. But I don't know. Maybe Tucker Carlson will uh, imagine that would be like the big one, right? If Tucker Carlson one day was like, you know what? I'm fucking sick of this character. I don't want to play this guy anymore. It's all bullshit. And then he comes out and like tells you how he really feels about stuff. And it's actually not that bad racist. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be the the cool alternate reality. Somebody should write a fanfic about that. (laughs) If it's a fanfic, it's going to end up with him having sex with like a half animal, half person. That's generally where fan fiction goes. What if I told you that I loved you and that we should be together? (laughs) (laughs) So what's 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 like the course of your (laughs) sorry? What's what's like the course of your uh, relationship to Christianity over the years? I mean, you said you were into it, but still had kind of like a, a some like a grasp on the outside world to the, that extent. Like what uh, what does that look like through high school and stuff? I think really going to high school is what did it because you kind of get like all those different perspectives because, you know, we would have things like in homeschool where you get like placed with a bunch of homeschool kids, like meetups and stuff like that. Yeah. Co-op. Did you do homeschool co-ops? Uh, a little bit yeah we didn't um, necessarily like stay in any particular one but we went to a few of them and um then you start seeing like completely different perspectives and stuff and then you end up just hearing like different music people talking about different media which you know of course is like everything these people are trying to avoid yeah yeah (laughs) but then you hear it and then you kind of like 
because I don't know about you, but I had sort of a turning point where I realized like how socially I was behind everything because of like the upbringing that I had. Where even with, when, like, once you got to high school, you got there and were like, all these people are on a whole different level. Yeah, like um, when it comes to pop culture and stuff. What was like, the first thing you realized? Like, let's. I feel like you must have like a memory of like uh, you get to high school, people are talking about something, and you don't know what it is, and you come to find out it's like a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, so there was definitely a moment, and this is kind of embarrassing, but it was like the only rapper I really knew was like MC Hammer. Yes, in like <laughs> that's so wild. The two thousands, and then he was like, acceptable. Like you could listen, you could actively listen to MC Hammer. Like no issues. <laughs> Oh yeah, he was fine, you know, because he was um, trying to help the kids and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) But then, um, like, I had no idea about Lil Wayne because I was like sort of the cusp of Lil Wayne's career. (laughs) And so, like, imagine like only knowing about MC Hammer when Lil Wayne's the most popular rapper, and like the gap in time in between those. (laughs) And then you hear Lil Wayne's lyrics, and you're like, "Oh, interesting! (laughs) I didn't realize people were talking about these things." Mom, I listened to the clean version. Yeah, <laughs> radio edit. Yeah. I'm tempted to just Google Little Wayne lyrics right now, but I don't want to like. Yeah, there's too there's some good ones. <laughs> um, but another thing was sort of like being in the youth group and stuff. I kind of like started to realize that the leadership was put in place was like not qualified to do what they were doing. And oh, this, and this whole like not in like a really bad way, but where you would just get like really bad takes from people and stuff. And then you would kind of hear this doctrine about how like the elders or the experienced people in the church are the ones that are like supposed to lead other people. But it really was like a situation because there was one guy in the small groups that we had who was saying like, my kids are homeschooled and people will tell you that if you're homeschooled, you won't have social skills, but there's no such thing as social skills. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that's a myth. There is, and you clearly don't have them, sir. Yeah. It's what's funny is uh, so the things that I was always told about homeschooling as like the major benefits. All of them, honestly, are actually somewhat true, but doesn't make them weird. So I did like uh, I did speech and debate. Did you get sucked into that at all? No, I did spelling bees when I was in homeschool. Oh, I'm sure that, that was, was a whole other class of kids. That was my whole shtick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in speech and debate, you get, I mean, some of the biggest nerds of all time. And there were people who I knew that I'm like, you know, you get used to these, not used to, that sounds worse than it is, but you, you meet people and you're like this, these people don't have social skills. They're, they're odd. Uh, their passions are strange for a 16 year old. It's weird to be this passionate about foreign policy at 16. Uh, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> you, you get to know them and you're like, their quirks you can set aside. And I, I did really like a lot of these people. Um, and also what was kind of funny was like, they were the, f- it was like the one circle of people where I was the cool person in too. So I'm like, Oh, I like the way awesome. that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I listened to, you know, I, that's around the time. I mean, I was in the like, metal and hardcore at that point in my life. And I was kind of forced into doing these things, even though I didn't care about it. So like, but I, I did grow to really like some of the people in these groups, despite the fact that they were quirky and odd. And, but uh, then you go like, but one of the, those were always one of the things that like I was told growing up is like, oh, homeschool kids, people go, your kids aren't going to have social skills. And, and they would come up with all these reasons why that's not true. 
And it, I mean, it's a mixed bag. It's hard to totally. tell because I, I think some kids got homeschooled because like they didn't have social skills and their parents were like, well, I don't want my kid to have the shit kicked out of him by maybe homeschool. Uh, so there's definitely some of that. But I, I think that it statistically slants towards lack of social skills, even though I knew plenty. of kids. Yeah. And I knew kids that were just fine too. It just kind of depends on the situation you were put in and like what your parents are like and everything. Yeah. In my there was always that brag about speech and debate though. Homeschooled kids by and large were very successful in collegiate speech and debate. That's a fact hands. <laughs> it doesn't make them cool. It doesn't give them social skills, but it made them probably decent lawyers by the time but they, they could argue for segregation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking to yourself all day. So obviously you're going to like, <laughs> you've got time to contemplate. It is funny, honestly... like that passion thing. It was either like very adult or very juvenile. Like they were either watching 24 hour news, like all day long or they were like running around on all fours pretending to be a horse. You're totally fucking right about that, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew kids who were outside at like 14 years old running around the church parking lot with sticks playing army. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Grow the fuck up. This is getting weird. And, and those were those kids. Uh, and then there was like the kids who would run around and pretend to be like dinosaurs and shit. What is happening? Why is there a kid playing dinosaur? in the church hallway right by himself yeah i remember there was like a weird moment in the homeschool co-op where there was a guy way older than me that came up and he went do you like spam (laughs) (laughs) that's where it ends (laughs) yeah that was it he he was trying to be that that he wanted that to be his like catchphrase that was was his his identity no he genuinely wanted to know (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it going from wanting to have a funny catchphrase to like genuinely wanting to know being the worst of the two options. I can't. I feel like if you're someone who genuinely asks people that, that there, maybe you shouldn't be around other people, or maybe, or maybe you should. Yeah, too well, too much spam. other people specifically. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it is funny how people pick like, especially like kids, you know. But they'll pick like one thing that they got recognition for at at some point in the past and like that's their thing now like that's their identity and they try to like squeeze it into every everything like my uncle rico's oh yeah yeah like mine was like eating spicy food for a while like i'll I'll eat anything i don't don't care doesn't even it's not even hot we were like doing this cookout thing at work one day at a car dealership and this kid came up and he was he's probably like 19 or 20 he was working on the oil change bays, and he's one of those. So he starts talking, we're cooking steaks for everybody. And so he's watching us cook steaks, and he's like, well, I'm like, well, what do you want? Do you want it? you want a medium? you want a medium well? What, what do you want? And he's like, oh, I like mine mooing. Mm. Okay. He's like, yeah, I don't I don't even hardly cook. I just warm it up on each side. That's all I do. And he just keeps going on about it. And I'm like, Okay, well, look, here, I'll put one on for you, and you just tell me when you want it flipped, and then I'll throw it on your plate. How about that? And, like, the, literally, I, I left this thing on the grill for, like, less than a minute on each side, and then he asked for it. And he was, like, showing it to everyone and stuff. And, oh, my God. God, dude. You're going like to get a tapeworm. <laughs> you turn it into a point of pride, but, like, it doesn't sound the same when you say, I eat raw meat. <laughs> right. like, no one cares, man. Just take your thing and go 
Yeah. Yeah. You, that's such a, str- I don't understand people's desires to make such that it, that is a lane. I mean, I've definitely met people in that lane where they, it, it's a, they think it's a brag to talk about how rare they like their meat. And you're like, that's okay. It's like, like the I don't strong know why coffee it's a guy. It's, yeah. it's similar to that. <laughs> or uh, I take my whiskey neat guy. Like it's, <laughs> And honestly, that's actually more reasonable. I, I should say that's taking whiskey needs more reason. <laughs> and honestly, skaters have the same kind of problem because there's a lot of skateboarders who will just like turn their whole identity into skateboarding, which oh yeah, it's like cool when you're in high school and stuff. But then when you're like 35, it's not really that cool anymore. <laughs> but you like never found any other hobbies or anything to do. So that's just you and it's going to be you. Until you like, oh, can't it, do it anymore, and then you just have to like talk everyone's ear off about the good old days. Yeah, until you're until you can uh, get financed on a Harley Davidson, and that becomes your identity. Exactly. <laughs> that is true. I've, there's plenty of people I've known who are who will talk about the glory days of when they could skate. You know, like, yeah, or like when they do skate, on. they like change their username to like Jaden Skater eighty one. Like. <laughs> Edward loves to skate and it's like just their name and like everything on there is like their new setups or their clips or something like that. And it's like, it's like, that's awesome. Like I, I like this almost as much as you or quote unquote, (laughs) but like you have to find something else to do. You, I really feel like people need more than one hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I could have used a lot of eggs in one basket. You got to have yeah. like two to three, like the dudes that are like beer, bacon, and and beards. At Isn't that one personality? Things, yeah. That's still <laughs> one thing, I think, <laughs> in my experience. Bacon was a personality type for a minute. Oh, it's a culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they started putting that shit in chocolate, and people who like bacon were like, oh, have you tried the- that like, one? That's like a perfect one for a youth pastor. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like bacon, and I like uh, zombies. <laughs> and then every christmas people buy him like 1300 bacon items and he like talks yeah. about it at youth group socks with bacon underwear with bacon well hopefully youth groupers aren't buying their youth pastor underwear this boysenberry <laughs> bacon marmalade from uh from the stevens family and i really uh really feel blessed by that and will you believe <laughs> that elma got me bacon soap <laughs> it's literally just bacon fat just solidified you can't eat it though it has lie in it yeah it's like that's literally just a suet block from uh you know yeah home depot exfoliating it's certainly exfoliating with all the fucking bird seed around it i can scratch the first really layers me cover up the meat sweats yeah oh my cover god up the meat sweats with meat scents perfect Dude, meat sweats is like those people's favorite joke. They say it every chance they get. Yeah. It drives me insane. I still hear that one all the time here. And it drives me nuts. So like, you know, I went to the barbecue place this week and I got the meat sweats. And I'm like, that is, nobody's laughing at that anymore, man. You need to change it out. Uh, shouldn't you be like putting, you know, Joe Biden stickers on gas pumps or something more current? <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the stickers that I wanted to make for the page. Did you see that? I don't know if I did. I don't think so. I wanted to make the Biden stickers, but it's like one's Jesus and one's Tony Hawk. And they still say that I did that. And so if there's a spot that's been skated, like (laughs) destroyed, you put the the Tony Hawk one on there. But if there's like a skate stopper (laughs) that keep people from skating it, you put the Jesus one on there with like the I did that. 
That's amazing. I like that one a lot. Please have those made. I think if, those would fly off the shelves. Yeah, if if the true like comeback happens, I'll probably put that out with it because I'm working on something right now. But we'll see if it like really gets done. Yeah, what if, true comeback? I'm, I don't think I understand what you're going, what you're saying. So, um, some friends and I are working on like a mockumentary. Okay. And so that's why there's like the whole character thing is like working under like a pastor and it's like a weekend in the life sort of thing. Like we're going to frame it sort of like a vice documentary where it's like the title will be like, I spent a week with an, I spent a weekend with an anti-skater cult or something like that. Oh, (laughs) dope. (laughs) So I I couldn't tell if it was connected to like the Christians against skaters thing. So it sounds like it might is. Um, we like already started filming on it and stuff, but oh man, I can't yeah, wait. It's we'll just see if it works out or not because I don't know if like <laughs> the footage would come out good or not or like what we can get away with. But I was kind of like done with the actual posts like I used to do for it, but I wanted to do like an audio visual thing. That was like something I wanted to do from the beginning. So okay, it's it's more like a passion project because I already released like a segment of it. And like nobody saw it because Instagram doesn't really like long form stuff. No, and so Instagram is rough. Yeah, the algorithm isn't friendly to it. But at the same time, it's something like I want to do, so I don't care if yeah. anyone sees it as long as I can see it. Is so you're you're kind of slowing down with the Christians Against Skaters page. Yeah, um, just like a couple things. Like one, I'd rather like back out while it's still doing really good and then get to the point where I'm like burned <laughs> out and everyone's like, Oh, you suck. You should just stop, <laughs> you know, cause that happens. The internet's to a lot not of that rude. Are you kidding me? Oh, definitely not. I've only known to be perfectly friendly and amicable. <laughs> there's like a lot of things. There's you think about like things that are purely powered by the internet that just last too long. Like, uh, did you guys ever watch how to basic yeah. on YouTube? It got, it's He's- too much. Like, He's still doing it. He's still like smashing eggs on stuff. You're like, I don't, I don't understand why you could, like you should have quit this like ten years ago. Yeah, and it was funny before it was super views. meta. Like, before <laughs> right. it was super meta, it was really funny because it was like how to make spaghetti, and it's just like the raw noodles, the sauce, and then the eggs slapped on it, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's actually basic. But then when it's like three minutes long, and he's like running around his house throwing eggs on everything. It's like <laughs> fingering a dead fish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know this page, but it sounds like I'm not going to look at it. Oh, it was like in 2010, it was like the funniest thing you'd ever seen. But it's 2022. <laughs> and you're still sticking with the same lane. Yeah. So I'm not trying to be that guy. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Having it as like a gallery of what you did is cool. And I didn't think it was going to go as far as it did. So I'm not like hungry for something like way higher than that but at the same time that's one of those things that's tough now i I don't know if it's just current culture or what but like people kind of judge the value of something based on like well did it last forever oh it didn't well it must have been terrible or it must have fell apart or it must be garbage and like some things you know a limited run is the best way to go like you preserve the uh, the essence of what it was, and you know I I don't know I feel like I did a I did a podcast for work for a while, and I I think it was pretty good. 
but you know, I did like 20 episodes. We pretty much hit everything there was to hit and like called it quits. And people were just like, like really annoying about the whole thing. Like, Oh, why'd you quit? Why'd you hang it up? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, there's nothing more to say. Like there's nothing. We covered it. That's it. Like there's, there's nothing more there. It didn't fail. It's just, it's done. It's done. And it's still there if you want it. And it's, it's done, you know? Yeah. And I don't, yeah. And I get that sometimes people saying like, why did you stop? Or, you know, you should come back. And I would rather people say that than like, man, that stuff was good until it got bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Walking Dead yeah. or something. Oh my God. <laughs> the worst. That's people. the worst example of it. <laughs> <laughs> you see like the uh, comments on it. Every person's like, you suck. Go away. <laughs> and I feel like that would like break me down if it got to that point. <laughs> if I felt like I needed to do it, but people were responding that way i know how rough is the pushback that you've gotten and where does it come from is it is it all from uh because i feel like a lot of people really don't get satire at all no and it takes them like three years to figure out like oh this isn't serious he doesn't actually think skaters are are demon possessed or something like what uh what's that been like oh i've gotten takes from like all over the spectrum because like when you're like messing with two different groups you get people like all across that so you get like you get so yeah messages from skaters and christians and like not understanding the joke and both together you know skater christians oh Oh, especially because they're like because they're like i'm christian and i skate so what does that make (laughs) me (laughs) that kind of stuff you get a long list of dms uh message requests yeah yeah and that's one of the other reasons why like i had to lay off of it was because you like even though it's fun at first it does like weigh on you like a little bit and tax you when there's people like every day even though they don't know who you are messaging you like i'm gonna beat your ass i hate you that kind of stuff whoa yeah really yeah like if i I'm ever see you the skater talking oh yeah usually <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while a christian but the weirdest thing though is that there was like an alarming number of like people in the Gnosticism that would hop on. I don't know what, I don't know what like the weird Gnostic online presence is. They would declare themselves as Gnostic. Yeah. They would just like comment on something and be like, none of you know the real Jesus. And the name would be like Gnostic mysteries or something. (laughs) 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 And they have like three followers and they're following 1200 people. Exactly. Bullshit. And, and it's a private account. <laughs> yeah, and the weird thing is it's not just like one person or whatever. It's like it's happened a lot of times with different people. I don't know what the deal is with Gnostics and um, like meme pages and stuff on Instagram, but they have a presence. I, it's like, I mean, I guess it depends. Whatever there is, there's a meme page. I've the, the world of Instagram blew up for me. Like the whole, like the, I don't know, the gates were just knocked down as soon as I we started doing this and it's just like page suggestion after page suggestion. And there's so many, like they're not trying to be, but it's like Christian cringe shit where it's like trying to stay Christian, but be edgy, but it's not. And it's really embarrassing. Uh, And it's like, they're like all original memes. And you're like, you shouldn't maybe tell people that (laughs) it's not not doing what you think it's doing for you. Don't put it on your resume. Yeah. (laughs) These aren't good. 
They make me yeah. want to throw up in my mouth a little. There was but, like a youth pastor one that we we passed back and forth for a while. Like, you remember that one? I I haven't. He hasn't yeah. popped up on my feed in a oh, while. Oh, I still but... see it all the time. He just posted a really cool homophobic rant late recently. He was someone. He was actually someone I. I tried to get on, uh, but he was like, I have Wednesdays at 1030 a.m. Like, all right, fuck you. (laughs) Okay. Like, do you want if you don't want to do it? Just tell me you don't want to do it. Who has Wednesdays? Sorry, I'm not a youth pastor. I don't work one day a week. (laughs) Is he like a is he like a Sean Foyt type where he's like seems really happy and nice? And then there's like some darkness that just pokes through every now and then. He's He's probably trying not to cough and talk at the same time, and it's not working out. Uh, he's he's a little he's not quite as bad. He he's one of those people that would try to paint himself as very reasonable. Um, like he 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 might express why there's something wrong with Sean Foyt, but then still bring it back to very typical conservative evangelical <laughs> talking. Yeah, you might say it like less of a dickhead, but. At the end of the day, you're kind of working off the same. I don't know. You're. It's like you're all cheating off the same paper, so it's going to be equal levels of shit. At the- yeah, totally. But, dude, I we, we kind of we we left off. Uh, you know, you said you get into high school and stopped, and that's where you kind of like I don't know. The veil was lifted in some ways. What was your kind of your exodus from the culture and the world that you grew up in? Um, the weirdest thing was that it kind of mostly happened when I was working. Um, at like a Christian girls summer camp <laughs> of all okay. things. So when, um, yeah. I, when I lived in Asheville, um, like we live at this house, there's like one more house and then there's the gates to the summer camp and we like grew up beside it. And so we knew the people there really well. And so just for like a summer job, I took up a job there and um, it was just like a really weird environment, I would say where it was like, it seemed really wholesome on the outside and you get there and you realize that it's like like a matchmaking organization for wealthy families from florida basically Ooh, what because there was like a boys camp and they would have like these like intermingling sessions and there were so many like lineage couples that like passed down from the camp and stuff and then there were like people that worked within the camp that like behind the scenes kind of like try to pair people together based on like what they thought of about their, like just how they looked next to each other or something. I don't know. That and how is much bizarre. The, the, the families paid for bride prices and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, $4,000 for two weeks. Look, I want my daughter whoa, to marry whoa. this boy. Four what? grand for two weeks. That's a real price. Yeah. <laughs> and how much did you get paid? <laughs> $230 a week. <laughs> Of course. Well, you can't put a dollar amount on life experience. Yeah. And saved souls and uh, godly marriages. So there's not enough <laughs> of those. Right. We need more. They all end in divorce these days. So. Cross-eyed yeah. children. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was more being on my own that like kind of did that to me. But just being in that like weird environment at the same time made me kind of reevaluate. Because like, at first, you want to kind of... Because like I said before, like the cracks were kind of showing when I was like, I don't think these people are qualified. And then I'm here yeah. and I'm like, I don't think this is okay. And then you start to kind of like, I don't know, get more introspective about it. Because before, you know, you, you kind of like go through the motions and you're not really thinking too hard about what you're doing and like why. 
You're just like, this is what I should be doing. So this is what I'm doing. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's very rote. You might not like feel anything while you're doing it, but you just like know that you ought to, if that makes any sense. That's oh, yeah. my entire, my entire time in, in Christianity, I feel like is that just yeah. like this weird obligation and guilt. And then it know, made me uh, like, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. Mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. And then it makes you like look back on things from the past to like, like mission trips and stuff like that. You guys been on mission trips? Yeah. Uh, I went to Mexico. Me too. I went to I went to Jamaica, and then I did uh, an inner city missions trip to New York. Oh hell yeah, city! <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about the New York missions trip is, uh, I met a kid on it from Georgia, and I'm still friends with that kid today. He's like, I've ne- it's that's so unusual for me. I've last time I saw him would have been like 2007, maybe. But maybe even early, maybe 2006, but we still, I still talk to him and like every couple, every month, every couple of months, I'll like, we'll call each other on our way home from work and shit. It's just like this weird long distance friendship that got formed at this weird missions trip that doesn't, it makes like no sense for (laughs) people in their thirties to keep a relationship like that going. It's pretty funny. Yeah. That's cool though. Um, Yeah. I would say I'm glad I went on my trip to Mexico just because like I'm a Spanish major now. So it's like, I don't think that I would have chosen that if I didn't have that experience and it was a really, oh, really good experience. Yeah. But at the same time, looking back on it, you're like, why did we drop a bunch of teenagers in the most dangerous city in Mexico? <laughs> Which city? Juarez. That, that oh was. yeah. <laughs> that was wild. What What's the time period? It was before it got really bad. It was like, um, I want to say 2009 I think it was like 2013 when things got really bad. I was going to say, it had to be like getting close to the ramp up, but... But but it wasn't good, I'll say that. And what were you... Were, was it just like a build build something, run yeah. a VBS? What were you doing over there? Yeah, leading VBS, building a couple houses. When, like looking back on it, it's like, we could have just paid somebody to do it and not <laughs> yes. bought plane tickets. Yeah, but what would you have gotten out of that? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, it was a great vacation. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's how I look at mine. I'm like, that's when I realized Jamaica was like a fun place to go on vacation. It's like, yeah, I got street cred. I was like, damn, I got to try Takis before they were cool in the States. <laughs> <laughs> My put- mission trip, we drove through Juarez, but what? we went like, it was like 10 hours south of there, a place called Peral. Okay. Yeah. And it was, uh, we went there to teach basketball camps and play in a basketball tournament with like our ragtag group of schlubby Christian school kids and youth directors. Sounds and like a Pure Flix movie. It was kind of <laughs> like that. I think I I feel like we we in our in our uh, mid Michigan never been out of the the area ignorance thought that like the the Mexicans had never seen a basketball before and we were gonna like teach their whole town how to play basketball and we got down there and we were playing like college teams and i mean they i mean they beat us by by triple digit numbers like <laughs> terrible like we were none of us were even fit to like run for half of a game much less like play basketball against these like elite athletes <laughs> yeah it's an embarrassing thing to happen they're like it was why are you guys here and you're like i don't know why i'm here either 
And why did they think that there was like this? Why why did they match it? Like like who who made that mistake? And that mistake lied definitely on the church end, where they're like, yeah, we're coming down. They're like, oh, cool. We we'll put you we'll put you in this tournament. And they're like, yeah, sounds good. And they did no research. I mean, they had to have had some information up front, and to get placed against collegiate level athletes. Now, this is how you set up the movie: is that um, like your ragtag group goes to Mexico. I guess it wouldn't be pure because at this point it'd be a general comedy. You don't think they know what a basketball is. They're really good, but they said that they're going to come to the service if you win. And so then through like the power of prayer, you come through in the end. <laughs> all, of their other, all of their teammates get injured. Yeah. <laughs> you win by forfeiture. <laughs> by the grace of God, all of them break their ankles. Some weird and technicality. We <laughs> that's how it would happen. oh i want that movie so bad that would be great yeah do you guys ever like review <laughs> movies or anything like that we haven't done we yeah we we've talked about doing it we tried it with one we actually just had the guys from the uh boys bible study podcast on i'm not sure if you're familiar with that but they do that whole thing so well and uh it was fun to talk to them about christian movies and stuff like that but uh they I feel like that's the uh, the direction to go if you want if you yeah. want solid movie Christian movie reviews because there's a Christian you. skateboarding movie that I'd really like to like either hash out with someone or see somebody talk yeah. about because it's really like bad good. Wait, what's it called? Hard flip. Hard flip. Hard flip. Yeah, okay. I've never heard Writing of this. this down. Write it down. Yeah. It's free I on say, YouTube. I see so a round two coming. It. Yeah, you can watch. I say it on we YouTube. watch it and. And then we uh, we do a round two and we have a conversation about it because I'm all about that. Because they um, really like paint the best like angsty teen in it and stuff from like that perspective where it's like there's like a scene where his mom is like drunk and he kicks her out of the room and slams the door and starts blasting like Linkin Park while he's watching skate videos. But then she starts <laughs> having a heart attack in the next room and he can't hear it over his Linkin Park. <laughs> So she dies? Almost, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's Christian amazing. movies have a tendency to set things up in such an extreme way where you're like the the premise it's it, it makes like something that might be like a level 2 uh, something of level 2 importance they just like amp everything up to like level 10. Yeah, yeah like the bully character and stuff. Yeah. It's like yeah. he's got beer and he's like hands it to somebody and he's like, I don't drink. And he's like, drink it. And he's like 45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because it's always like the pressures that they set up from the world or how awful the world. Everything's just like so over exaggerated. Yeah. To no, make it great. sound like everything outside of typical, like you're out that everything's off. Like this is the world. And yeah. Because, of course, that's the message you get even being homeschooled. That's why you work because the world is so scary dangerous awful you're gonna be pressured in doing all sorts of things and yeah it's funny because even by the time i could have i was like 17 18 hanging out with kids who were drinking and smoking weed and i didn't do any of it it's like i don't know how much of that was the homeschooling and how much of that was like i think i honestly think that i was the kind of person if my parents sent me to public high school i would have taken my mission to convert people very seriously and would have just like rocked hard Real hard. Maybe probably not saved anybody, but definitely like stuck to my guns. My parents were worried about me being like swept away. And I I know personality, just knowing my personality and who I was, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I never really got into like 
spreading the word because I just had like confidence issues with that word. Yeah. And then like, do the Romans road. And then you, when you're <laughs> in like rural Georgia, it's like everyone's Christian. Yeah. So there's no one to really <laughs> talk to about it. Like, even if they're not, like, even if you're the kind of person who's like, everyone thinks they're Christian, but they're just lukewarm. They're part of the world. Like, yeah. you you talk to them and they're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. And you're like, I don't really know where to go for me. Yeah, I, I don't mean, believe you. <laughs> I told you the whole, like, Jesus died for you. And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course, I know. You're like, he, he, he says he's a Christian, but he also said his favorite movie is Dodgeball. I have questions. Yeah. I think you need it's to reevaluate. <laughs> You know, somebody posted a movie in the in our Discord this week called Humania. It was like a Christian kids movie, and it's it's terrible. It's like a, a really terrible Christian version of Jumanji. Oh, but the uh, ripoff movies are the best ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, but then the movie the kid like goes to see this guy who's like a neighbor who's an inventor. And I'm like, you know, kids movies really made me believe that there was a lot more invent like professional inventors out there than there turned out to be. Yeah. Like, I thought there'd yeah. be more inventors. I thought there'd be more quicksand, you know? <laughs> I mean, even, just dude, it doesn't have to be Christian movies. I mean, Rugrat. Tommy's dad was an inventor. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Dill Pickle? Yeah. Huh. Or everybody I didn't realize that. that somebody has a tree house. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge one. It gives tree. everybody like it makes everyone upset that they don't have one. Did you have a friend who had a dope treehouse? Yeah, I did. Yeah, my cousin I had a really dope one too. Like, what? How come I don't have one? There were some <laughs> kids down the there. street that had like a very impressive one, but I didn't go over there because everybody was scared of one of the. Oh man, I probably ought to be careful how I say this. Everybody was scared that one of them would expose himself to you. Oh Jesus! Mm. At the treehouse, it's like that kid that happened. was. Uh, yeah, yeah. A couple Which of kids uh, got said that he had gotten real weird with them. He was older than us. Mm. Yeah, when someone who's like five to seven years older than you is like, do you want to come see my treehouse? The right answer is always no. And just... big and freakishly strong. <laughs> no, what you have to like look for is if you want to go to the treehouse and they don't really want to go because they have it. So they're like not that interested in it. Because <laughs> that was typically the thing. It was like, like I guess. like. Yeah. And you go up there anymore. Yeah, you know nothing bad's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, it's before. legit. I knew uh, when when I was young, these kids who lived on my street, I was like, couldn't have been older than six. Uh, there were these kids who lived on my street that were, I honestly, if they're not in jail today, I, I'll be blown away. Like, these kids were fucking psychopaths. Uh, like, very violent towards animals and weird shit. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, but they would, like, you also felt bad for him because, like, you know, their parents split up and every weekend dad's like picking the kids up this weekend and you'd see them sitting on the front steps and their dad would never show up and shit. So they were like fucking just angry kids. Uh, but they were bullies because of it. And like they would like lock. They, there was like stories like, oh, they locked the neighborhood kids in their treehouse. I actually think they might have locked my brother in at one point, which is weird. Uh, but they used to just like come in like, you know, they'd come up with paint and just like paint your bike and your toys and shit and then uh someone i knew who had like a they had like a it was like a shark that like kind of i guess they would grow to the size of their tank or something like that and they came over to that their house they were the kids who lived across the street from me uh, and they like poked the shark's eyes out and just left it in the water for them. Like, these kids were fucking psychopaths but they had a cool tree house <laughs> so 
We would try to check it out sometime. The dad loved him that much. It was all <laughs> worth it. <laughs> did you have like a, did you end up at like a, just a big moment of realization of like a clean break from, I don't, maybe you didn't even have a clean break from Christianity, but just like the world, the kind that you grew up in. Like what did you have like a, what was your like final like moment of, oh, I don't think this is for me anymore. Um, It was more gradual. Like I think while I was at that camp, I just like looked up different doctrines and I was like, you know what? I'm a Unitarian. This seems cool. <laughs> These guys seem chill. Heresy. Yeah. Then um, when I moved to Nashville, I became like a, like an, it was like a dirty break then because I became just like a, like an internet atheist kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, and then I like there. mellowed back out after that. So it's like, you said you what? I mellowed back out after that. Oh, it was like not like in your face. Yeah, you went, you went through the phase where you just had to like put it all out there, and then you're like, oh, I don't want to be this militant about anything. Yeah, I was like unironically watching like Aaron Raw videos and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Maher? Did you get? Do you have a Bill Maher phase? No, no, nah, he oh, didn't good. really like. <laughs> yeah. Because I was more into like the scientific aspect of it. So you watched the Bill and I Ken Ham debate. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was a good one. That one goes down in history as one of the greatest debates of all time. I think that he could have like played it more dirty and stuff. It would have been a lot more fun. Bill and I. Oh, no, you want to see Ken Ham get dirty. Oh, both of them. I want to see like some mudslinging or something. It would be fun if it just turned into like an all out like knockdown drag out fight on stage. Where they're just screaming curses at each other or something like Bill that. Bill Nye's like, the universe is huge. And Ken, Sam's like, your mom's huge. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did that you happen to, have you watched the Ark Encounter movie? I've seen Bill Nye visit it. And then I've oh, seen it. They made, they made like a movie. It was called like Night at the, Night at the Creation. Oh, so it's another <laughs> There's a knockoff like, movie. Oh my God. Yeah. It's about a guy with a sweet Camaro that gets a, a night guardsman job at the uh, creation museum. And he's not real sure about any of this stuff going into it. But then like, I don't know, like the spirit of Ken Ham appears to him in the night and <laughs> like teaches a mix him of about... uh, the night before night. No, what was the thing? Uh, Christmas Carol. It's like a mix of like Christmas Carol meets Christian movie. And I never Honestly, that's it. exactly what it is. It's, it's yeah. night at the museum and the Christmas Carol mixed is a yeah. night at the Creation Museum. <laughs> I never thought I'd see like theological magical realism in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> magical, it's magical. Yeah, there's some good ones. No, the, those boys Bible study guys turned us onto a couple of them. Uh, there's one called Audacity that they I've seen talked that about. One. That, okay, or at least yeah. a review of it. Yeah, it's it's insane. What is what is that guy? Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort. Yeah, yeah, he's intense. Yeah, we posted a clip hard. of it where, you know, the guy like chickens out and doesn't witness to two lesbian girls and then they get in a faulty elevator and fall to their deaths. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing like a teaser for your podcast. And I heard that scene. It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, my favorite thing about Ray Comfort is that he made a whole movie just like of him ranting about the banana th- video and how everyone made fun of him for it. He made oh, a movie made a out response of that. He made a, a reaction full, movie, a full-length movie <laughs> about why everyone should stop giving him such a hard time about the banana thing. <laughs> well, 
I, I gotta see that because I can't imagine there being one good reason to stop. So he like claims it was a joke. Okay, we know this guy has zero sense of humor. So <laughs> that one's out the door immediately. A joke. It's a joke that he doesn't know how the evolution of bananas work. Yeah. Not even talking like the atheist's evolution, just like, you know, the way that you can mix banana species until you get what you want, <laughs> whatever that's called. Yeah. He's, he's something else. He's like a fountain of some of the worst takes, even among his peers. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to know like how many of his like man on the street interviews he sifts through to find the ones that he puts in the movie. Oh my God. It's gotta be hundreds. Because the people that he talks to have like the worst reactions to his rudimentary, stupid questions. Yeah. He filters uh, out all the ones that people are like, fuck off, dude. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> can't use that one. Some weird person was like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you think God feels about fornication? It's like, well, I think you and I think fornication are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever told a lie? So what's that make you? A person, you motherfucker. Shot up. <laughs> Fornication is just washing your penis for too long. That's what Ray Comfort says. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you're wiping your ass and the paper breaks and something goes through, you you need to get to confession booth immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you fornicated yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's if you're a Catholic, maybe you piece. forget to like, you know, mention that in confessional and then you have to square up with God at the pearly gates on the fact that you never really broached the subject of how you accidentally like fingered yourself a couple of times. <laughs> I didn't know that was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Oh, well, if you accidentally kill somebody, like, is that okay? But yeah, so you, you, yeah, it sounds like you just had like a gradual break from it all. You didn't really, it was no like big game changing moment, but is it, uh, did it cause any issues for you? Any relationship issues? Or maybe it wasn't a public announcement, but no, it was sometimes very... people kind of key into the fact that things it, have changed. It has to be internal. It can't really like spread around, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. Well, there's, I don't know. There's stuff like writing on it, you know, as far as um, like the place in the family and everything, unfortunately. So it's like, I can't really be vocal about it. Like your your current career as you translate Southern Baptist Convention inner interdepartmental uh, memos into Spanish. I mean, they would probably try to offer me a job like that, but yeah, <laughs> it's you know people just wouldn't react well to it, and I understand that it would like hurt you know people in my family's feelings. So I don't really you know I just kind of keep it uh, a silent thing, which. For the better or for the worse, it's like hasn't gotten inflammatory yet. So, yeah. well, I think I think that's like that's not the first stage you arrive at, you know, because I feel like a lot of us, I mean, me included, you have this like angry phase where you talk about like your, you know, Internet atheist days. I think there's a, you know, once you move past that and you start to realize, like, I don't know, say what you want about faith and stuff like that for yourself but like it means a lot to some people and i don't know i mean i don't want to i'm not interested in like talking friends and family members out of christianity like there's nothing in that for me i don't want that for them exactly 
I don't know. It's certainly not like at this point, like I feel like it just doesn't play a big role in my life yeah, I and have, it doesn't have to be a part of our conversations and stuff like that. You know, there's nothing really to gain from it. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, even though like there's disagreements, it's like ultimately I know that they're doing what they think is like the right thing to do. And they're fully convinced about that. So I can't really fault them for trying to be good people, even though there's like, a disagreement as to like how you do that. Yeah. And what that means. What's are they, uh, is there like a political rift now that you've oh, moved totally. away from Christianity? Totally. <laughs> that's, a, the biggest. that's a harder one for me, honestly, like that, that is much tougher to combat than, than the like faith versus no faith part of the equation. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know. I'm, actually a little more able to talk about that now than I was. And I think that has to do with me finishing like my master's program and everything is that I've done so many like papers where I've had to argue points and things like that. And I'm just better at communicating. And I've kind of learned about, you know, just sharing ideas and information and how you can soften things and like you can debate about something without it getting really inflammatory. And um, I think also like the page helped me kind of get, I don't know. I don't know how to say that. Like the darkness out as far as when you want to like really go off on somebody. Yeah. You can, you can be like really aggressive and then you can just be chill in your normal life. Yeah. It's like an outlet. So man, that's kind of interesting to me though. That it doesn't, not that it has to, uh, but it, yeah. So it, it doesn't, you don't feel like it just not bring it up or kind of just like staying in that lane or not really not just in veering out of it intentionally is difficult for you like so if you're like at family events and that's just like what's going on you're just like it's fine whatever i'll just roll with that i mean it depends if somebody like really wants to know how i feel i like kind of tell them and tell them why because like one of the things we're taught we were taught by like one of my favorite professors is like once you are at a master student level it's like you should be able to have like concrete opinions and talk about them and you know back yourself up kind of like you can't really in his opinion he's like you can't really be lukewarm on things that you are passionate about which maybe not everybody agrees with but i kind of agree with it where it's like once you have argued so many points in these papers and everything then you probably should kind of take that stance in the rest of your life because you are going to be maybe in debates or in conferences or something like that you're going to be challenged so I think, yeah. yeah, I think that in the end, it's like a good skill to practice. Well, I think you, I think what you say about if people ask, uh, you'll, you can get into it is a good point because let's be honest in a lot of these circles, nobody's asking, nobody's asking if you still think the same way, even if they know you don't, or they're, they think that you might not, or it's become obvious that things have changed. They'll ignore it for the sake of not having that conversation and they might drop little hints or like little things in there to kind of like gauge where you're at and see how you respond to it. But I mean, at the end of the day, in my experiences, no one's asking how I feel uh, in a lot of the scenarios, even if they know where I'm leaning or where I've headed. And I find that it's super interesting because I would, if someone asked me, I'd, I'd be like, sure. I'm more than happy to talk about these changes because that asking would indicate that they're willing or it would likely indicate that they're willing to listen. Okay. And I think that's like like why it's hard to get into it or why I, I'm resistant to it in a lot of ways. It's like, 
I'm not going to get into anything that's not worth the time. Like uh, we recently talked, I'm not sure if this will come out before or afterwards, but uh, I'm talking to Brian McLaren, uh, who's an author. And he's just, he talked about having that conversation only with people who are interested in having it. Like, look, I'll tell you, but I need to be sure that you're here to listen and that your goal isn't going to be to argue with me afterwards to get me back to think the way that you do. I, and if that's not your goal, then I'm, I'm more than happy to just, and and you want to know me and understand why I've changed. Then I will, I will give you that information and I I would love to, but it's like discussion versus evangelism. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And And like, but I think, in a lot of ways, like the Christian, the conservative Christianity views that as an attack or almost like an evangelistic effort simply by disagreeing. And I think that's what makes it difficult for them to have that. Maybe, maybe that's what makes it difficult for some people to have that conversation is they almost conditioned to believe that anything from the outside is an outright attack versus just a conversation about a difference of belief. Totally. And yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. And that's one thing that you just kind of like, people in our position need to kind of keep in the back of your mind is that it's not going to be like 50 50 ever in those kinds of situations. So you really have to be understanding and give like a little bit of leeway because it's, it is going to get like, it's going to blow up if you try to like assume that it is going to be 50 50 and you try to like equal that out. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think and there's, there's a degree that like when, when someone does, ask you like genuinely ask you what you feel about something or what you think about something. I feel like it's easier to extend like courtesy and grace towards their viewpoint, you know, because it's, it's different than, than like striking up a conversation about something that's a, like kind of a volatile topic with someone, you know, on a whim or something, or you, you know, you just want to talk about like this idea that you have about something. Like when somebody comes to you and asks you for what you think on something, you're, it's easier to fall into that conversational mode where you're willing to like listen to what they have to say and and keep the keep the tone civil and and productive, I guess. Yeah, somebody's offering up a discussion to you and like a chance to share. And then if you start to sense that they're only doing this because they want to just tell you how they feel, you'll probably sense that and you can just kind of shrug it off and you can stop. I had a friend of mine call me this week to tell me that uh, a guy at his health club wanted to go to lunch with him and had, had said, had asked him like, Hey, what do you do? I'm curious. And, and uh, you know, he told him and he's like, Let's you know, I'd love to go to lunch with you and hear more about that. I'm really curious about that. And then he gets out to lunch with the guy and it's basically like the guy's just trying to lead him to Christ. <laughs> like totally feigned interest in his <laughs> in his company. And uh and the guy went a long ways in trying to like put the screws to him on it, you know? I mean, so at one point said, like, you know, you have to think about your wife. Your wife craves a strong spiritual leader. Oh my God. I <laughs> <laughs> have to know the guy, but oh my God, I would have paid to sit at this table and listen to be. I almost want something like that to happen to me. If someone reached out and genuinely was like, can I take you to lunch? Like, yeah, I'd love to get a free lunch out of your horse shit. That'd be fucking fantastic. <laughs> can I tell you guys a story? That's like somewhat related. 
Yes. Um, I was in Georgia and I was at the skate park and I dislocated my elbow and I was like walking to the car because we were going to go to the ER and there's like two people on the sidewalk that are walking by and they're like, are you okay? What's going on? And seemed like genuinely concerned. And I was like, oh, I think I broke my arm. I'm going to the hospital. And they're like, can we ask you a question? Like if you had broken your neck instead and died, where would you have gone? <laughs> <laughs> and I immediately blacked out because I was going into shock because there's like a bone sticking out of the side of my arm. They've like, been strolling around looking for an injured person all day to use that pickup line. And they just hang out at the skate park waiting for inexperienced skaters to almost die. And I'm like, like running. Leaning, I'm leaning against the car because I'm like losing consciousness. And I think that that's what like kind of put me into the shock because I like did not expect that at all. Because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like obviously dealing with something else right now. And I'm obviously my friend told me that the only thing I said was like, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) And then I came back to and he's putting me in the car and they're speaking in tongues with their hands on me. Oh, my God. Which I had experienced that before. I would have been horrified if I had never witnessed that before. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, that's like you almost like like waking up in the middle of a bad trip. Yeah. Yeah. Like, does your arm really hurt right now? Imagine that you have to feel that for all of eternity. Imagine that that pain <laughs> never goes away. Andrew on fire. Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was it was horrible, but it made for a good story. Some people <laughs> don't believe me when I tell that, but it like as as people that grew up in that whole thing, I'm sure you can see how that would totally happen. Yeah, and I have well, a blanket hey. position where I believe all skaters. So. <laughs> you shouldn't they're scoundrels (laughs) and that was another thing with like debating and stuff is that like i argue with these people all the time so you get pretty good at like pushing a point especially when it's one you don't believe in at all and you have to find a way to like sell it to somebody (laughs) just just learn the uh the features and benefits yeah gotta line them up (laughs) you make this whole doctrine about like church handrails getting destroyed church handrails yeah you'll see it when the doc comes out there's we already had like a doc a huge argument with somebody really yeah oh man that's great i can't wait so uh, do you you don't have a i don't know if you have a timeline on this thing or not uh that you could i'm hoping by the end of the summer it'll be done okay well definitely uh i mean i'll be keeping an eye out for it but let us know when it's coming absolutely check it and sharing it sharing it with the world or the portion of the world that's listening to this at least. <laughs> <laughs> These skaters must be stopped. Yeah. Destroying our church handrails. I mean, they're skate stoppers on the handrails on the pearly gates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, director, reverend, whatever, whatever your title is by the time this comes out, uh, it's been great talking to you, man. Thanks for uh, coming on. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. This is All fun. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. And we will see you next time.